Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now, here's your host for today's broadcast, Dwayne Sheriff. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. I'm your guest host today, Dwayne Sheriff. And I got some tremendous things on my heart, and I pray there'll be an encouragement to you. I want to encourage you to take the phone number down. Uh, we'll be receiving your calls today. This is a call in show, an interactive show. You can call us at 719 619 2341. And I'm going to be sharing out of my book called Counter Culture, Counter Culture, and how that the church is called to be a counterculture to this woke culture. We're to be awake, not woke. And I deal with the culture of hate and death and, and darkness and how that the church has to be a culture of God's kind of love, of life, and of light. And I'll be giving away some signed copies of Counterculture uh, to different categories of callers. And so you need to to stay tuned in and we'll let you know how to how to get counterculture. Let me give you some announcements of some upcoming events. And these are all very, very, very powerful events. Uh, we have our Men's Advance 2024, March the 7th through the 9th. That's March the 7th through the night, the 9th. And it's right here on Karis Bible College campus at 800 Gospel Truth Way, Woodland Park, California. I just... <laughs> I just got back from California with a conference with Brother Andrew, and so it's not California, it's Colorado. Let me try that again. It's 800 Gospel Truth Way, Woodland Park, Colorado, 8063. And again, you can register at awmi.net slash events. Our speakers will be Andrew Walmack, Todd White, Jeremy Pearsons, and Billy Eberhardt. And this is going to be a powerful time for men and just gathering together. And man, it's pretty powerful when men come and worship God together and then receive from his word. So that's March the 7th through the 9th. Our second announcement is David, the King of Jerusalem musical 2024. And I've attended this musical and it is powerful and such a blessing. And we're actually offering a live feed during this musical. Let me give you the details on that. That's March the 29th and the 30th. That's a Friday night and a Saturday. And that's March 29th through the 30th. Again, it's right here at the Karis Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado. The address is 800 Gospel Truth Way, Woodland Park, Colorado, 80863. The Play and first showing is Friday night at 7 p.m. and Saturday at 10 a.m. and then a repeat on Saturday at 4 p.m. And the Friday night 7 p.m. production will be aired live. There will be a live stream. And again, you can go to awmi.net slash events 
and register for that and kind of familiarize, familiarize yourself with the, the stream so that you can see this live. And I promise you, whether you can make it or not, you need to see it. It'll be a blessing. All right, we have our Karis Bible College Campus Day 24, 2024, April the 3rd through the 5th. That's April the 3rd through the 5th, and that's Campus Day. And it is a powerful time for you and your family and just being introduced to Karis Bible College and many of the instructors. Um, Andrew will be speaking, Andrew Walmack, um, Mike and Carrie Pickett, Greg Moore, Wendell Parr, Barry Bennett, and Daniel Bennett. Again, you can register for that event at awmi.net slash events. And I just want to also encourage you to be a part of our website, Truth and Liberty, truthandliberty.net. And we have so many resources available for you to encourage you, to equip you, to inspire you, and hopefully to bring about transformation in your life and better equipping you to help others. Because what we're doing here at Truth and Liberty is vital, I believe, to, to the future of our country, to the church and the freedoms that God has given us to exercise our religious rights uh, under this constitution. And we need to get back to constitutional government, a true representative republic, and away from what we're seeing today. We are drifting as a nation into a Marxist-type system and socialism and outright full-blown communism. We are actually seeing the beginning stages of a police state where the government is targeting citizens. They're spying on citizens. Uh, again, they're targeting political opponents and using lawfare to, to ensure incumbent and evil and corrupt government continues and exists. And so anytime the government can turn these agencies against the citizenry or against a political opponent, then, then we're no better than a third world country. And uh, democracy, once our representative republic fails and collapses, uh, there's no way to change change things. There's no way to improve things. One of the beauties of our Constitution is that the founders gave us a system to peacefully and with ballots exercise our freedom to vote and to vote with an educated vote and that there be integrity to the vote uh, so that we can see peaceful transition. What a blessing that we can see change with ballots and not bullets. And that is because we're a representative republic with a constitution and that we're a nation of laws, not a nation of men. We're not a one party rule like uh, communist countries are. Uh, and we do not wish to see people empowered that are corrupt and then now use the government to persecute and prosecute and if we don't repent soon, execute political opponents where evil is empowered and despotism begins to rule the day. And yet we're on that path, brothers and sisters. And I believe we're in the early stages of a third great awakening and that God is raising up people to warn us, to sound the alarm, to blow the trumpet 
if you will, of the dangers that we're in and how that we can, at least for a season, we can, we can peacefully resolve all of these differences at the ballot box. And that's why election integrity is so important. That's why you should not vote for anybody that isn't doing everything within their power to protect the integrity of our election system. Don't let anybody, don't let anybody deceive you and talk about how, you know, voter ID is oppressive and a form of racism and, and on and on it goes with the false accusations and the deceptive devices that are used to, to weaken the integrity of our election system. And, and we have to do something about that. We have to have to have our voices heard. We have to be proactive in the, the local laws and integrity of the voting system. And again, voter ID, that's amazing. You just bring up voter ID. We're, we're in the early stages of the election cycle and the season of crazy is about to break loose. And uh, man, it's amazing what's ahead of us and the things I believe the Lord has even shown me in a simple way to be proactive, to be a voice of righteousness, a voice of sanity. But as soon as you even talk about voter ID and eliminating fraud, even talking about people that are dead not voting, there's pushback. Don't ever vote for anybody that wants dead people to, to vote and that wants to count dead people's votes. And so we've really got to, to get a hold of some things and be proactive to bring integrity back to the system and eliminate all this voter fraud, all this voting and uh, election interference. People are still asking me, do I believe that the 2020 uh, election was fraudulent? Well, you mean you don't believe it was fraudulent? You mean you don't believe there was election interference? How can you not believe it happened when it's happening right in front of us right now? This assault on Donald Trump, whether you like him or hate him, that's not the issue. But the assault on him to remove him from the ballot, do you think for one minute that's going to stop when Donald Trump is gone or Donald Trump, let's say, doesn't get elected? Do you think any other politician that is running on anything decent and moral and, and, and good is not going to be opposed by the national media, is not going to be attacked? falsely accused, and the government and these agencies, the FBI, the CIA, the court systems will be used if we don't stand up and say no. Whatever we allow is going to continue. That's why, because we didn't deal with the 2020 fraudulent election, they're going to do it again. They've already started, and there'll be, there'll be false ac ac accusations of, of Russian uh, interference and on and on it'll go because they got away with it and damaged our system and polluted and diluted the minds of so many good people, they'll continue, continue to do it. Well, I want to share on how God's called you to be a watchman and how God's called us to be watchmen on the wall and how important it is that we understand this ministry of a watchman. I have an entire chapter in my book called Counter Culture, How to Counter a Woke Culture with a Culture of Love and Life and Light. And, and there's a chapter on the watchman 
and the ministry of the watchman that's out of Ezekiel. And I'm going to be giving away counterculture to any of our first-time callers. So if you would like a cop copy of counterculture and you're a first-time caller, please let me know. We'll get you a signed copy. We also want to honor all of our partners that are a part of Truth and Liberty. I want to send a signed copy to all of our partners. We're very thankful for you supporting us because Truth and Liberty is a ministry that God is raising up that is a watchman. We are watchmen on the wall that God is raising up. And I'm telling you, the upcoming lineup for Truth and Liberty and the voices that you'll be able to hear coming into this next election cycle, it will be like a glass of cold water in the desert because there's going to be so much deception, so much manipulation, so many lies uh, and confusion uh, on the horizon. You're going to need a place where there's a voice of sanity, and I promise you it'll be right here at Truth and Liberty. So we want to honor our partners. Then I'm offering a signed copy also of Counterculture to anyone today that's a first-time caller, a first-time caller. When you call in, let me know you're a first-time caller. We'll make sure we get your name and address and send you a copy. So first-time callers, you, if you want one, can have a copy of Counterculture. Um, and then new partners, if you sign up for $5 or, or, or more a month, then we'll send you a signed copy. And then we want to honor our partners, any partners that call if you'd like a copy. So in my book, Counterculture, I have this chapter on the watchman. And it's out of Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 6 and 7. Now, verses 1 through 8 or 11 actually deal with this ministry, but I'm on a time constraint. So I just want to highlight this. It says, but if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity. But his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. So we see here this ministry of the watchman. It's repeated in Ezekiel chapter 3 is actually where it's first introduced. And uh, this is a powerful ministry that the watchmen in Israel, they were on the wall, and when they saw an enemy coming, they simply warned the people. And the people had to make a decision. If the people didn't take heed to the warning and died, then, then the watchman wasn't responsible. But if the watchman just was silent and didn't warn the people of impending danger, and they died, then that blood was on, on their hands. And uh, God took this serious, and he cares about people. And while we can't make people believe the truth, we can't make people see the truth, we don't have a right to reject the truth for anybody. As watchmen, and I'm telling you, in this third great awakening, God is raising up churches. He's raising up Voices that are like trumpets that are warning of impending danger. And as long as we warn people, they have the choice to accept the warning or reject it, then the consequences are on their head. But if we ignore all the things that are on the horizon, 
that are destroying families, that are destroying our children, that are destroying our culture, that are, that are meant to destroy our churches. My heart just goes out to pastors and to many churches and members of churches. They think that we can just stick our head in the sand and ignore all this evil, all this darkness that's raising its ugly head and roaring and we'll be okay. It'll just pass. All of this craziness will just pass and we'll be okay. We won't be okay. Our people won't be okay. You know, I don't understand the mindset of most churches today or even church leaders. These issues in our culture are affecting our congregants. They're affecting God's people. They're, they're harming God's people. All this trans surgery stuff on our minors. This is evil. This is so wrong and it's damaging a generation. All of this perversion that God has called us out of. We live in a different time. We live in an information revolution, brothers and sisters. And our young people, and many of you, you're being absolutely overpowered with knowledge. And it's like we're in this tsunami of knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil. And we're so easily able to eat of the tree through all the digital media now and all this tsunami of knowledge, we're eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and it's producing all this death. And while there's this tsunami of knowledge, there is a drought of wisdom. And God is raising up men and women to speak into the culture, to speak the truth in love, not to be rude or mean or belligerent or unkind. The watchman that God is raising up is none of those things. Every watchman I know truly loves people, and they're warning people of all this sexual perversion, the damage it creates. They're warning people of, of this psychological abuse that's going on in our children and, and in our schools. And there's so many things we need to be doing and can be doing. Uh, and in my book, I do a whole chapter on what do we do now? What do we do now uh, as a counterculture? What are some things you can do? Because I know sometimes I feel overwhelmed with all the corruption, all the evil, and, and what can we do? Again, it's like trying to take a bite out of an elephant, and all I know is you got to do it and take it one bite at a time. And so we are watchmen. Let me give you, let me give you a few areas. I think I've got five here that we're watchmen over and this ministry of a watchman and this ministry of a watchman i don't know if i'll get to it my time's failing fast but uh the new testament talks about watchmen and watching over even how leaders in hebrews 13 17 that you need to make sure you have a relationship with your spiritual leaders and obey them uh, for their work's sake because they're watching out for your souls my goodness, I wish we could turn there. But again, I've got some quotes I need to get to here. But we need to understand that we're going to give an account as spiritual leaders for the souls God has committed to us to oversee, not to manipulate, not to control, not to intimidate, not to condemn, but to warn them of impending dangers, of, of wickedness that's in our world. 
while they don't need to be overcome with all the evil and fearful, we need to contend for the faith. Jude, the book of Jude outlines how that Christians, believers need to contend for the faith that's been delivered unto us and that there are people even creeping into the church that are promoting immorality, sexual perversion, um, the doctrine of Baal that Jesus countered in Revelation uh, chapter Chapter 2, or right at chapter 3, there were seven churches he spoke to, and one of them, man, they, they had the doctrine of Baal that they were teaching in the church, which Baal is the weird prophet in the Old Testament in the book of Numbers, chapter 22, that Balak tried to hire to curse the children of Israel. And this guy's a real character. Uh, I actually write about him in my next book, but... Uh, while he couldn't curse the children of Israel, he taught Balak how to destroy Israel by teaching them to eat meat offered to idols, demon idols, and to commit sexual perversion. And that doctrine is in most of our churches. And so we need watchmen. So number one, everybody is a watchman over your own heart. You have to be a watchman over your heart, brothers and sisters. You've got to guard your heart. You've got to have a relationship with Jesus. Nobody can guard your heart for you. You have to guard your heart. Now, if you will be real with Jesus, he will be the gardener of your heart. He's the gardener of the new creation. Adam was the gardener of old creation, first creation, and he failed in protecting that garden. Jesus is the gardener of the new creation, and he is not failing to protect us when we give him our heart. When we yield our hearts to him, he gardens our heart. He will, he will help keep the weeds out and plant the good seeds to bring about a beautiful harvest in your life. But you have to guard your heart. And Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it, out of your heart, out of the ground of your heart will come all the issues of your life. And seeds actually activate the ground of our hearts. And we're being inundated with wicked seeds, philosophies, vain deceits, the rudiments of this world, the traditions of men, and they're spoiling Christians by the thousands. And so we need to guard our hearts and be watchmen. Number two, we're guards over our homes. We're guards over our family. You are a watchman over your children, brothers and sisters. And you need to get involved in this next election in the school board and the election of school board members. And you need to, to vote for school board members that fear God, that are men and women of integrity, that hate covetousness, that don't have an agenda to hurt or harm our, our children, but we'll protect them. But ultimately, you and I are responsible for our children. We have to be watchmen over our homes. Number three, leaders are watchmen. Elders are watchmen in the churches. We have to watch over the flock. We have to be diligent to feed them and to warn them of impending danger and then equip them to overcome. That is the ministry of a watchman. A pastor is a watchman. You're not running for a popularity contest. You are a watchman over your churches. And if you're a pastor watching, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you be not a wall, 
but that you be a watchman on the wall. Um, God is calling pastors to step up, to step out, to speak up, to speak out, and to stand up and be loyal to Jesus, be loyal unto moral absolutes, be be loyal to Jesus even unto death. The way we overcome the devil, Revelation 12.10, is by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and loving not our lives unto death. Too many pastors love themselves more than their congregation. Too many of us in ministry. I'm in a, I'm in a parachurch ministry now as Dwayne Sheriff Ministries. I'm not pastoring, but I still have a responsibility to the body of Christ to be a watchman, to speak the truth, in love. And part of that truth is warning people of things that will harm them, that will destroy them, and a culture, and a nation, and our freedoms, and our liberties. And so we're doing that right here at Truth and Liberty. Then there are watchmen over our cities, and in an idealistic representative republic established in Judeo-Christian principles, our elected officials are supposed to be watchmen over our cities. They're supposed to have balanced budgets. They're supposed to have a healthy police department that's not persecuting the righteous, harming the innocent, but are punishing evildoers. We're supposed to have mayors that, that run our cities with wisdom and protect it from things that would harm our future. And then there's watchmen over our nation. And that's what we're coming into, saints. We're going to be electing watchmen. Quit electing senators and people in the House of Representatives that hate God, that are anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-church. I went through our website. I forgot to announce that we have a 24-hour news feed. We update that. Uh, every 15 minutes, and it is a beautiful source. And if you'll go to our, our news feed, uh, which is one of the many resources we have, these, these uh, links that we have will even take you to other links uh, just for wisdom on current, current events. But there's some powerful things on our website going on and, and issues with uh, the two... Uh, front runners for president, issues with the senators, issues with the House of Representatives, issues with the media that we cover to warn you about key phrases. Like now they're attacking Christian nationalist. Christian nationalist, what a demonic phrase. What a trap to deceive the immature Christians among us, carnal Christians among us. That, yeah, they'll chime right in with the national media. Yeah, that these Christian nationalists, they're just bad people. And when you read the article, you'll find if you believe your rights come from God and not government, you're a Christian nationalist now, and you're a bad person. They're, they're, they're setting everybody up for this communistic, socialistic, Marxist-type government that is evil, that's anti-God, and that they believe they are the source of our rights. They're the ones that give us rights or restrict our rights. And I don't care what they call me or they call you, our rights come from God. 
Their God, capital R, rights come from God, and governments cannot infringe upon those. And that's the beauty of America and the power and goodness of America is the Constitution and it enumerating our God-given rights from our Creator. And yet they're in the process of becoming a police state and telling us what we can say, can't say, where we can go, can't go, what we can post, we can't post. It's demonic. And you and I need to be aware. And I didn't even get to my quotes. I'll be taking your calls. Nine one, excuse me, seven one nine six one nine two three four one. We'll begin to take your calls when I get back, and then I want to quote uh, Charles Finney and our second president, John Adams. I'll be back in ninety seconds. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. created with a purpose, written in the heart of God, long before you were born. He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love, to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events. Hey everybody, welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm your host today, Dwayne Sheriff. And I'm sharing on the ministry of the watchman and how that I believe a part of this third great awakening is God is going to raise up watchmen among us to sound the alarm, not to condemn anybody, uh, not to be mean spirited or even judgmental, but to warn people that this is the path we're on. This is what's going to happen if we stay on this path. There's an enemy coming. <laughs> That's what the watchman did. And he just warned everybody. And how they dealt with the information was between them and God. But we're responsible and we're accountable. In the Second Great Awakening, Charles Finney was a Presbyterian minister. And he was a leader in the Second Great Awakening. And I want you to listen to what he said. And I'm quoting uh, Charles Finney here. Brethren, our preaching will be, bear its legitimate fruits. If immorality prevails in the land, the fault is ours in a great degree. If there is a decay of conscience, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the public press lacks moral discrimination, think about that. If the public press lacks moral discrimination, you talk about a place where there is absolutely no equity, it's our national press at large. 80 to 90% of them are just flat out evil, and they have an evil agenda, and yet many Christians are deceived by the press. 
Finney is addressing it and says, if the press lacks moral discrimination, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the church is degenerate and worldly, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the world loses its interest in religion, the pulpit is responsible for it. If Satan rules in our halls of legislation, and let me tell you, Satan does rule right now in our halls of legislation, the pulpit is responsible for it. Think about that. We didn't get here by accident, and our silence has cost a generation and may cost many generations if we don't wake up soon. He goes on to say, if our politics become so corrupt that the very foundation of our government are ready to fall away, the pulpit is responsible for it. That's where we're at. That's why we need a third great awakening, and it starts with a thunder in the pulpits of God's righteousness, of God's plan for man. And it's not all this, all this crazy that's going on, all this darkness. God's plan for man is health and wholeness, and he has a beautiful purpose for each and every one of us that needs to be discovered and fulfilled. Let us, not be, let us not ignore this fact, my dear brethren, but let us lay it to heart and be thoroughly awake to our responsibility in respect to the morals of this nation. Wow. We have been silent too long, and it's not going to do a bit of good, and we're, we're falling in a free fall so fast that I don't know if we can even properly diagnose how did we get here. All I know is we've got to wake up and we've got to begin to vote for people that, that love God. And we're so far fallen that there are no candidates that are fully qualified like the, the early presidents were, like George Washington was, and such a man of character and integrity and a moral compass the second president, founder, and president, John Adams. Listen to what John Adams said about our country. He says that John Adams, again, he was one of the founders and our second president. Our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And that's where we find ourselves today, brothers and sisters, is that we have people that are ignoring the Constitution. We have a president right now that it doesn't matter what the Supreme Court says. It doesn't matter what the legislation uh, branch, the House and the Senate says. Uh, if he wants to forgive national college debt, he's just going to forgive it. He's just going to wipe it out, which is wrong. Uh, there's no such thing as forgiving it. Somebody has to pay for that. You can't just wipe that out. And the, even Nancy Pelosi, I never thought I would ever be quoting Nancy Pelosi, but Na Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi is recorded as saying that the president cannot do what he just did in, in um, forgiving college debt, buying votes. I mean, the day that our leaders can buy from the treasury people's votes, the democracy is over, the representative republic is over, and yet the Supreme Court said he can't do it, Nancy Pelosi said he can't do it, the House and Senate are responsible for the 
for the, the purse and the government spending and forgiving of debt, yet he did it. Uh, he's responsible for the, for the border, and he could stop it immediately. He has powers in a crisis to shut the border down. He won't. He hasn't. And who knows what he's going to say and do now to be reelected. But we got to wake up. We got to realize we're in the midst of an invasion of our country. And I'm not, and I'll be all, all of us who say anything I'm about to say will be falsely accused, will be accosted, attacked, uh, called all kinds of names. But if we can't secure our border, we're not a nation. We're not a, co a country. We will collapse. And it's all political. It's all political. And so I could go on and on and on. Uh, again, the New Testament affirms the Apostle Paul, even on how it's our duty to warn people of, of the iniquities that are, are even corporate, national iniquities that can bring consequences that hurt and harm us all, the innocent, the guilty, lost people, and even saved people. So if you'd like to call, we'd love to hear from you. I'd like to field any questions you have as best I can. The number again is 719-719-619-2341. 719-619-2341. And again, we're given a signed copy of Counterculture. How do we counter this culture? What do we need to do? I've got an entire chapter. I won't get to it now because of time. In the back of the book, what do we do? What do we do as Christians? And man, God has shown us a lot of things we're supposed to be doing that I think will help you even in this upcoming, upcoming election. Well, one of the questions that's already been submitted that I appreciate so much is the question, is every believer a watchman? Is every believer a watchman? At one degree or another, we're all called to be watchmen. I have had the privilege uh, to not only be a watchman over my own heart, which every believer, again, is responsible for your own heart. You're responsible for your own thinking. You're responsible for your vote. You're responsible for uh, righteousness and being bold as a lion and speaking again God's truth in love. And so you have to guard your heart. So in that sense, every believer is a watchman. The second area of watchman, again, that I have participated in and that many of you you're responsible for, as I said in the introduction, is your homes. Your home. The government's not responsible for your children. You're responsible for your children. The government's not responsible to educate them or propagandize them or abuse them and psychologically harm them. You're responsible for the education of your children. That's why you need to get involved in your children's education at some level. You need to run for the school board. You need to know who's on the school board. And you need to know what decisions are being made for your children, what books are being accepted and unaccepted. There are things going on, brothers and sisters, that 40 years ago was unheard of, absolutely unheard of. And even lost people would have said, that's immoral. It's ungodly. It's wrong. And yet today, things are being imposed on our children. And so you need to watch out for your children. You need to protect your children as a watchman over your home. Fathers and mothers are responsible for their children. 
And then in church culture, we need to be watchmen over our churches. The elders are responsible for that. But each and every one of us as a Christian, we need to watch out for our our fellow believers. We don't need to condemn people. We don't need to be attacking Christians and fellow believers. But where there's an open ear, where there's a relationship that we've built with brothers and sisters, we need to be watchmen. Leviticus, let me go there. Again, uh, we'll be receiving your calls, uh, but let me, let me look at this one. In Leviticus uh, chapter, chapter 19, verse 17 and uh, 18, look at what this says. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. The next verse, verse 18, it says, You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Jesus quoted this very scripture in, in Matthew chapter 22, verse 39, he was quoting Leviticus. And he said that you shall not hate your brother in your heart. It's a form of hate when we're not watchmen out of love over our fellow man's life. And again, I'm not talking about being mean or nosy or just rebuking people or going around correcting people, you really shouldn't correct anyone that you don't have a relationship with. And your ability to correct one another is based on the level of your relationship. And so you need to build relationships within the body of Christ. And if you see a brother going down a path that'll destroy him, wouldn't you out of love say, hey, I'm not, I'm not bringing this up to offend. I'm not trying to be nosy. But brother, this this issue right here will damage you, damage your family, damage your careers, et cetera, et cetera. If we know the bridge is out and our brother is on the road to that bridge, it's hate not to warn him. Think about that for a minute. If I really hated somebody (laughs) and they were on a path to self-destruction, wouldn't I just be silent? Wouldn't I just leave them alone? Because I hate them in my heart. I want them to go off the bridge. I want them to die. That's hate. Love corrects a brother in that kind of situation and warns them in that kind of situation. The New Living Translation of verse 17 says about the watchman in Leviticus 19, listen to this. Confront confront people directly so you will not be held guilty for their sin. Wow, confront people directly so you won't be guilty. If I know you're on a path of destruction and I don't at least warn you, I don't love you more than myself. Because if I love myself, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to protect myself. I don't want you to hate me or defriend me on Facebook. And so I I won't tell you the truth, but no, if I love you more than me and I love you with God's kind of love, 
And I'll tell you the truth. That's the ministry again of, of the watchman. Man, there's just so many things. Our spiritual leaders again. Let me go to Hebrews chapter 13. Again, the number to call, uh, 719-619-2341 uh, is our number that you can call. Our spiritual leaders. Let me go ahead and quote here. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Obey your spiritual leaders and recognize their authority, for they keep watch over your soul without resting since they will have to give an account to God for their work. What work? The work of a watchman, the work of overseeing people's souls. So it will... So it will benefit you when you make their work a pleasure and not a heavy burden. Again, I pastored for almost four decades. And uh, boy, people can make your work a heavy workload uh, by, by not submitting, by not seeing your love for them and you're wanting to help them. All right, another question that we have is what does it mean to have a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other? That's a great question. Uh, I believe that comes out of Nehemiah in the building of the wall, in the restoring uh, the, the house of God, the city of God, the people of God's city. And when Nehemiah was building that wall, which we have to rebuild now, our country, we have to rebuild the wall that has been torn down by evildoers. Um, and so Nehemiah said they would have a hammer or, you know, a working tool working on the wall and a sword in one hand because there was such opposition to them rebuilding the wall that they had to not only build, they had to fight to to restore the building of the Lord. And some things have changed under the new covenant, but one thing that hasn't changed is that we're fighting a good fight, that we have to learn to stand against all these principalities and powers. None of the things I say and everybody I know are personal. We're not personally attacking anyone. In the new covenant, Paul did call people's names out. And I think there's a place and a time that that would be appropriate. I'm uncomfortable with that. And I would have to make sure I'm quoting somebody right, that my heart is right. But none of the things I'm bringing out are personal. Um, they, they are out of love for people and a sincere concern. I'm watching out and watching over their soul. And if I warn people and if I lovingly say this is wrong, this is the path God wants you to take, get off of this path, I warned them. If they stay on the path and they fall off the bridge and die, they're accountable before God. I'm not accountable. And I'm not even sure how that works out in New Testament grace, but Paul talked about in the book of Acts how that he had a clear conscience and that he did not withdraw any of the counsel of God and that people's blood was not on his hand. Man, that's Acts chapter 20. Uh, so in the new covenant, let me finish answering the question. I'm sorry. In the new covenant, we have to be, be building in love the kingdom and building people's lives, building their, their relationship with the Lord. And so we have all these tools for building 
And then we too have to have a sword, which is a part of the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. And it's how we fight against all these principalities and powers and wickedness in high places. We are experiencing wickedness, not just sin. There's always been sin in the world. There's sin in my generation, but we're, we're going to another level of iniquities, of, of wickedness. Uh, and the sword of the Spirit is how we defeat these demonic powers. We have to speak the Word of God in love. That's why I share the Word of God. And man, I've got this, I've got this, this tool in one hand to build your life, to build your homes, to build a, a place of safety in the kingdom of God. And then, boy, in this hand, I've got the sword of the Spirit out of Ephesians chapter 6. And I counter what Satan says and what he's doing and how he's stealing and killing and destroying with the Word of God. That's why I'm sharing God's Word here now as a weapon. Look at Acts chapter 20, because Paul affirms this concept. A lot of people, they think that, you know, we're not watchmen under the new covenant. But look at Acts chapter 20, verse 25. Paul is, is, is discussing how that he's about to depart. He had been with them for a few years, and now he's leaving. And look at what he says in verse, in verse 25. And indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I'm innocent of the blood of all men. Think of that terminology. That's the terminology of the watchman. That comes directly out of the Old Covenant. Paul was a scholar of the ancient scriptures and, and quoting them and bringing them over into the New Testament and the, the substance of them in the kingdom of God, even under the, under the New Covenant. And so he's saying, I'm innocent of the blood of all men. Why? Because he spoke the truth in love. He withheld nothing from them. Look at this. For I've not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel of God. There are people in our churches that want to just preach a small segment of the counsel of God. A slither of the counsel of God. And God is raising up people, brothers and sisters, and you need to seek and search them out that are speaking the truth in love that will share the whole counsel of God with you. That won't just tell you what you want to hear and scratch your itching ear, but will preach and teach sound doctrine, which so many people are turning away from. Therefore, take heed to yourselves. Take heed to yourselves. You're a watchman to yourself. There's the ministry of the watchman. Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock. You're a watchman over the flock, among which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. That's a watchman to shepherd the church of God, which is purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up. So you'll have people from the outside come in and there'll be savage wolves and you'll have ravenous wolves from within. See, this is what a lot of Christians don't understand. We live in a different world. 
We live in a digital world where the world has such access to Christians through digital media, through social formats, through the news. I mean, for thousands of years, people, people didn't know what was going on 30 miles from them. For thousands of years, people traveled by horseback and they, they, they didn't travel a maximum 25 to 30 miles a day. That's why if you go into some of these smaller rural towns, they're about 25 miles apart. That's as far as you could travel on a horse. And many people never left their, their geographical place of birth. And there was no access to news in a different state, a different country in the world. People would grow up and live in the town they were born in and have very few information even available to them of the outside world of 30 miles away. So it was easier to shepherd people. It was, it was easier to, to minister and to watch out for their souls. Today, savage wolves are coming over the television screen. Savage wolves are, are promoting their deception through social media. And it's a different world in, in, in the wickedness that is pulling God's people even away. And if you even begin to address it, they're so saturated in it, many of them get offended in their immaturity. Also among you yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch. There's the ministry of the watchman. Look at it again. They'll draw disciples away to themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three, three years, I did not cease to warn. There's the watchman. Everyone night and day with tears. That is so powerful. You and I need to understand this. And again, I deal with the book Counterculture on how we're all called at these different levels to be a watchman. And what do we need to be watching out for at the beginning of this third grade awakening? All right, another question we have, uh, I'm asked if, if I've seen the documentary Letter to the American Church. Do you believe that that book, that that books like your book, Counterculture, will help wake up the church? What a great question. I don't know if this is someone that's a friend that sent this question in, but uh, one of the most amazing things, I did not know this particular brother. I can't say his name right now. Uh, I don't know him uh, that wrote the book, Letters uh, uh, to the American Church. Uh, but I have, I have had others tell me parts of that book and share with me parts that are in that book. And what was so cool is I didn't know that brother. I didn't know about the book, Letters to the Church. And we released our books. I believe I was informed by my publisher that, that we released our books on the same exact day, that my book, Counterculture, was released on the same day as Letters to the Church. And I, I just believe that's the Lord. I believe that was just the the manifestation of a witness because everything I've heard about that book, Letters to the Church, have been over the top. This brother, evidently, I did look him up because of what I was told. He's a great brother in the Lord. I think he's from New York. Uh, but that book, I've heard nothing but good about that book. And my book parallels that book. 
the people that have called me and emailed me about the book, the reason they did it is because of my book on counterculture and things I addressed, that he addressed many of the same things. Of course, we came at it from a different angle, but we're saying the same thing. I believe that he is a watchman on the wall and that God's raising him and others up to protect us. This is what so many immature Christians don't understand. Here at Truth and Liberty, when we're sharing things about our Constitution and being a representative republic, how that, how that our rights come from God, all of our amendments restrict the government and protect us from the government. That is awesome that we have a, a document that protects us from the government, not the government from us. And yet it's, it's, all, it's all unraveling because it's just a piece of paper. If we're not willing to defend it and we're not willing to vote people in that will follow it, then we deserve to be a third world country one day run by despots. I've only got a minute left in this section, but Omi uh, from Oklahoma is called in. And uh, what is your question, Omi? Thank you for calling. Yeah, in addition to, to voting, um, what else can people do, just average person do, to be a watchman for their city, um, their schools? I mean, I, I, yeah. obviously you can vote, um, but I mean, it, it just kind of seems like that's not adequate. Um, what no, else can people do? We, we not only, because of a fraud that's very real, that anytime there's a Democrat in office, there is no such thing as election fraud. When a Democrat gets elected, that election was pure as the wind-driven snow. But I don't know what's wrong with Christian's memory. Every time a Republican gets elected, they're accused of election fraud. Lawyers get involved. There's election denial. Uh, even the press operated in election denial with Trump being elected. And then when, when Biden gets elected, if we even post something of concern about election fraud, we're election deniers. And yet Biden himself is an election denier and he's been quoted many times as saying things that we're accused of being election deniers. I'll, I'll come right back, Omi, and I'll answer your question more directly after this 90 second break. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're gonna learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Hi, my name is Carrie Pickett, and like many of you, I wear lots of hats. But most of all, I'm a child of God. Ever since I was young, my desire has been to share the unconditional love of God. There is nothing more rewarding to me than people changing their lives and then changing the world. 
That's why I'm inviting you to join me wherever you are and let's discover together these foundational truths that will transform your life. Hello, brothers and sisters. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. I'm your host today, Dwayne Sheriff. I need to get back to Omi as quick as possible from Oklahoma and her call. Uh, let me give you the number of again, 719-619-2341. 719-619-2341. And Omi has asked the question, are you still with us, Omi? Did I lose you, Omi? No, still here. Can oh, you hear me? Thank you. Yes, I can hear you now. Um, again, excellent question. There are so many things we can do. And, and the main thing uh, that we can do naturally is get involved. Uh, realize our civic duties to be that watchman and protect our cities. Um, most of the change and the, and the good things that are still a part of politics are local. And so we need to get involved in our school board uh, 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 elections and who are we putting on that board. Uh, you got to find people that are involved in this. You know, I'm a minister of the gospel, and it is difficult for me to vet many of these even local politicians. And so I have people that I trust that have a ministry of this, and we use them in the church. We we need to make sure that uh, we register people to vote. Our churches used to be, uh, in my little town, I live in a one red light town, uh, and in my little town, we vote. Uh, and until last year, we voted in the church. The Methodist church was where we cast our vote. Uh, and now it's at the Civic Center uh, there in my small town. But I have people that are keeping up with these local politicians and who's running. We've got to vote for people that have integrity, that, that fear God, that hate covetousness. Um, and so they have to be vetted. Uh, one of the things we can do is make sure we get 10 other people to vote because of election fraud. We the only way we're going to win till we clean up election fraud, and that's what we need to be doing too. We need to check on our local city elections and, and, and how people vote. We need to make sure that voter ID is uh, required. I mean, you have to have an ID to buy alcohol. You have to have an ID to drive. You have to have an ID to get on a plane. Uh, on and on I can, do, I can go with you have to have an ID, and yet you can vote. One of the most precious freedoms we have, the God-given right to make change through the ballot, and not require an ID and that you get one vote. So we need to make sure we have poll workers at all of our, our polling uh, booths and, and places uh, that require ID, mail-in ballots. We've got to stand against this. And, and for a season, we may have to participate in mail-in ballot. Here in Oklahoma, I've had to cast a mail-in ballot multiple times, but I had to get it uh, uh, authorized uh, before it would be counted uh, that it's really me and really my wife that signed and had an affidavit. We can't have this massive mail-in vo uh, voting with no, with no accountability to who's voted more than once. 
uh, and is their vote legitimate? Are they illegal? We got people, if you'll study the news uh, only, we got people that are pushing now for illegals to be able to vote. Well, if an illegal alien can vote, why can't China vote? Uh, it's just sad. And so I outlined all these things in counterculture, and we'll send you, Omi, if you'd like. If you don't want one, it's okay. But if you'd like a copy of counterculture, we'll send you a copy of counterculture. And if you want one, be sure and give your name and address to our call screeners. Uh, but I outline all these things that we can, we can be doing. And the first one is uh, we need to repent. Christians, we need to repent. We've got to repent. And, and especially repent of a secular worldview versus a biblical worldview. Nothing's going to get fixed if Christians don't repent, if we don't change our minds, if we don't renew our minds. So anyway, I'd like to give you a follow-up opportunity because you held on for so long. Is there anything else I can say or help you with? Is there anything else we can... Um do because you know one of the, the things is the pastor being the uh, the watchman is there anything the parishioner should do with their local church to help uh the pastor? yeah you you can yeah you can love him and <laughs> and still pursue him with asking him can you help and offering some help like you setting up a voter registration booth at the church where, where Christians can register to vote. We don't have to tell them how to register or, or even how to vote. If they'll just vote their conscience, they'll, they'll be a, a vote for positive, progressive, godly change. And I'd rather Christians be voting than people who don't know God and especially hate the country. So go to the pastor and ask. Teach a class. Uh, take my book. Take other good books that teach constitutional uh, Republican representation. Teach a class on voting. Teach a class on how to vote. Uh, we offer classes on how to vote. Uh, take a ballot, get some ballots, some fake ballots, and teach people how to fill out a ballot so that their vote is valid. So there's just all kinds of things. And again, I outline them in my book called Counterculture in the Last chapter. So thank you, Omi, for calling. I hope that helps. I uh, wish I could do more. Uh, let's take a call from Linda, and Linda is a partner, and because you're a partner, we're making counterculture available if you'd like it, Linda. So if you want a copy, a signed copy, please make sure we have your name and, and address. I, I imagine as a partner we do, but you're from Illinois. So um, Linda, what is your question, please? Yes. Uh my pastor does not speak on biblical worldview at all, and I was just wondering, is there anything that I could say to him? And one of the things I plan on doing is giving him your book. Absolutely. You know, he may reject it, but it, it's well written. Uh, I really believe the Lord gave me a grace to write it. Now, it is, I do cover controversial issues, uh, so he may not he may not read all of it. But it wouldn't hurt, uh, and and just be loving about it. Obviously, you don't want to come in and say, "Hey, you're a mess. Read this." 
<laughs> I've had people do that to me. <laughs> and it kind of makes it difficult to read it because of their bad attitude. So I would encourage you to make sure that you're, you're affirming and that you just heard this message. Uh, you've got the book. I'll send you the book if you want it. Or if you have one, you can give him that book. Uh, but uh, be encouraging. And hopefully if he'll just read the first, the first chapter, it should hook him. It should hook him if he's a man of God. Um, and uh, so I really appreciate you doing that. More people need to do that. We need to get the message out. Uh, Omi was asking, what can I do? Well, give out 10 books of counterculture uh, to people that are stuck in woke thinking. And many Christians are really stuck in this. I define in our, our book, again, counterculture, I define what woke means. And when you go back to the original definition of woke, it was actually an awakening to social injustice. It was a good term. And like all good terms and like all biblical terms that have been hijacked by demonic powers and twisted, it has become something that it wasn't. Now, in the name of social justice and an awakening to social injustice, there is no sin in the world anymore. Everyone's just oppressed. And man, we got to get rid of the oppressors and we got to turn the oppressed against the oppressors. I deal with that in the book instead of, again, true injustice. There are injustices in our culture and it is the church that needs to be speaking out what is God's justice. So thank you for calling, uh, Linda. Was there anything else I could help you with? Yeah, for one thing, I listen to you all the time. So you, you really got me spoiled on that. But I am going to be a poll watcher. You know, I am signed up for that. That and is that, wonderful. That is wonderful. All of our... Go ahead, please. I was just going to ask breaking. why they call Doubting Thomas uh, the twin. I'm not, I'm not sure the question. Why do they call Doubting Thomas the twin? Yeah, is that the question? Yeah, a couple of times in Scripture, he's called the twin, and I don't understand really? that. Well, yeah. you just blessed me. This is what I love about this show and people contributing uh, to our understanding. I'll have to look that up. Evidently, it's just not clicking with me right now. I don't recall it. So thank you, Linda, for asking. Uh, as soon as the program's over, I'll go find where Thomas is called the twin and uh, doubting, you're talking about doubting Thomas, and so then maybe I can address it in our next our next program. So again, thank you for calling. If you'd like a free copy of Counterculture, since you're a partner, uh, let the screen caller know, and we'll get that in the mail as quick as possible. All right, we've got a little bit of time left. The number is 719 719-619-2341. 719-619-2341. We appreciate your calls. We don't have a first-time caller yet. I was wanting to give this book away to first-time callers, and I really thought we would have quite a few of those. So if, you're a, if you've are if you been waiting and haven't called, I promise I will be kind. Uh, we'd love to take your call, either questions or comments. If you can add something positive to the program, we'd love to hear from you. All right, let's take some other questions that have come in. 
um, one of the questions is, um, when can we, or when can, when we watch, how can we discern good from lies? That, that is the, the million dollar question for the body of Christ, even coming into this next election. I, I just stand amazed, uh, at how undiscerning so many of God's people are. And, uh, it's, According to Charles Finney, it falls at the feet of the pulpit. This is why I've dedicated my life to teaching the simplicity of Jesus, teaching the Word of God, equipping people to discern. Immature Christians, and I think I taught on this the last time I was on Truth and Liberty out of Hebrews chapter 5, that immature baby Christians cannot discern good from evil. Those are the people that are sitting there. We had a call uh, months ago with a guy calling in that he just, he reeked with hatred for Donald Trump and was calling Donald Trump a Nazi. Uh, where did he get that? I guarantee you he got that. Now he claimed to be a Christian. I don't know because he was deceiving the screen callers. Uh, and we, we confronted him over it in love. Uh, but I don't have any idea where he could have got that from a godly source or from the Holy Spirit. Donald Trump is a lot of things, but I guarantee you every one of you watching that hate him do, do not have any idea why you hate him. Did you know when he was of the world, they loved him? When he was one of them in New York, when he was in Hollywood, they loved him. When he was this businessman that was an icon, they loved him. There is a reason they hate him, and you need to figure it out. We need to figure it out. God told me in 2015 why they hated him and would hate him and what would happen, and it has happened exactly like God told me, and there's a reason why Democrats that are liberal and woke hate him, and there's a reason swamp Republicans hate him. There's a reason the media hates him. Do you realize if you were as big a threat to the national media and their lies as Donald Trump, you would be in court today. They would be seizing your assets like Venezuela does and like corrupt governments do all over the world. Private property is a part of a godly society and human rights and our rights from God to private property, to land. And they're stealing all of his private property this is a sign of communism. Communism looks for a person and then searches for a crime. If you're a political opponent, if you don't buy into the government narrative, then you become a target and they search for a crime. And we've got Christians so immature, they can't see that's the police state. That's them coming after a person looking for a crime. And if you think they're going to stop with him, you've lost your mind. You have no discernment. And so we have to mature. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13 and 14 talks about how we have to discipline ourselves. We have to learn to transition from milk of God's word to meat in order to discern good and evil. And again, I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but I, I live with Christians every day that can quote the national media, but they can't quote one scripture. They can quote 
a corrupt, deceiving politician, but they can't quote, quote one biblical principle that's a governing principle. And again, that guy that called, calling Trump a Nazi, he got that from the national media. I know when it started. I heard the quote. I heard what Donald Trump said about a riot and about the destroying of um, uh, monuments. And I've heard him three or four times, the very quote he said, and the national media misquoted him and lied on him. Political opponents misquoted him and lied on him. And innocent, weak, immature Christians just suck these lies up. We could spend a whole program on the things that are not good about Donald Trump, but one of them is not. He's a Nazi. Amen. And he didn't collude with the Russians. All right, let's go to Lori. Uh, she's a subscriber uh, from Colorado. Uh, Lori, thank you for, for calling. Uh, what is your question, please? Uh, actually, Pastor Duane, I have more of a comment. And I just want to thank uh, Truth and Liberty because you all helped me to have the courage to stand up and get prayer as uh, part of our planning commission meetings here in our city. Or actually, it's before our planning commission meetings. And because of the advice I received from you all and the encouragement, help make that a possibility. But I want to encourage people to get involved in their boards and commissions, whether it's uh, committees for school boards, knowing their school board members, knowing their city councilors, because that is where we make the biggest difference. And just taking the salt and light that you preach about all the time. Uh, Amen. And, and Jerry, There's so many things we can do. There's so many things like that, Lori, that we can do. And, and I know people are asking, and they're sincere, but again, I outlined so many things we can do and how to pray for elected officials, how to engage at every level. Uh, in, in my hometown of Durant, I live outside of Durant, Oklahoma now, uh, but we literally were honored and asked by the city leaders, uh, the city planners, for the church to engage in a 10-year planning uh, session, multiple sessions, on, on planning for the growth of Durant, planning for how to run our schools. Uh, we, we can get involved uh, at, at so many different le levels. Uh, the city council, oh my gosh, some of our city councils are absolutely corrupt and they hate anything of God and they need to be voted out. And we need to vote and put in city officials. You either need to run at a, a low level uh, is something you can do, or at least vote for somebody you know that can bring order to our cities. We need to know who our sheriffs are and make sure we vote. Uh, and I'm talking about not myself, who sheriff is, but our local sheriff. <laughs> and, and vote for people that hate corrupt and corruption within the police department, but refuse to defund it or have it defunded. Romans 13, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 14, says that our police departments are ordained by God. That is a godly form of government that is the sword of God against evildoers and to protect those that do good. 
And yet we are putting people into office that are persecuting through law enforcement, good people, people that, people that march at a, at a, uh, a pro-life clinic are put in jail and people burning our cities down are held as patriots. It is crazy what's going on and we need to engage in any level. So Lori, I'll give you another chance here. It was such a great comment. I don't know if you want a copy of Counterculture, but if you do, I'll send you a signed copy. Please talk to our call screener. Any other comments? Those were excellent. Uh, I just want to say that I did also, I do have a copy of your book already, so God bless you for writing it, but I also watched your video series, which people can go to your website and actually watch the series that you I forgot about now. that. Thank you. Great comment. I, I should have thought of that. It just slipped me, but I've got, I think I got 25 half-hour broadcast. It's on my website, pastordwayne.com. Pastor Dwayne, D-U-A-N-E.com. They're free. You can download them for free. Uh, you, can, you can treat them as, as a podcast. And yeah, it's 25 hours on this subject. You're right. Man, I forgot about that. Thank you, Lori. I really appreciate the call. Uh, such an encouragement. Uh, be sure and stay connected to Truth and Liberty as we come into this election cycle. Man, it's going to be fireworks, and it's going to be so helpful. All right, let's go to AJ. AJ is a subscriber from Colorado. Thank you for calling, AJ. You've called before. I love you, my brother. Uh, how hey, can I help Jane. you? Love you as well. What's your question? I am loving this because Super Tuesday is coming up, as you know. Amen. But I forgot my... about that. <laughs> yep. That'll be this next Tuesday. But my question actually Amen. is completely off topic, so I apologize for that. But I needed you to answer it because I know you're a biblical man with biblical wisdom. Uh, so in First I'll Samuel try. 16, um, it says, But the Spirit of the Lord has uh, departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. I was looking into this, and it even says Jehovah is the word. Um, the evil spirit comes from Jehovah. So why would God yeah. give yeah. Saul an evil spirit? Yeah, that, that, that was the Lord, but we have to keep in mind, too, that's under an inferior old covenant and was just a part of the punishments of God on Israel, especially the king. They made a covenant with God that if they break God's law and, and, and Saul had broken God's law profusely and in multiple occasions, and uh, there was just a point where that was a form of judgment. We're not under that type of covenant under the new covenant, and God's not using the devil to discipline us. Under the old covenant law, Punishment was used for chastening and for discipline. God would even uh, give them over to a foreign nation as a form of judgment. Those were all negative judgments. And uh, that spirit was assigned by God. But yet when David, when David would minister, here's something for you, AJ, that's powerful. When David would minister to Saul in worship, that demon would depart. That demon assigned by God departed that's how powerful worship is and how the devil cannot stand worship. 
And that's why we need to be a people of worship. It literally pushed back, pushes back the powers of darkness. But it was the Lord that did that. It was a form of punishment under an inferior old covenant law. And, and Saul was negatively judged by God. And we simply do not have that inferior covenant under the new covenant. And God chastens us in different ways. And we're not under any negative judgment now from God. So I hope that that helps. Was there any follow-up on it? That definitely helps. And I think it's uh, what God does to kings and leaders. Yes. I believe it was Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, yes. insane. And it seems like Joe yes. Biden's doing the same insanity. So I think it's just a punishment for yeah. leaders that are evil. Amen. Amen. I, I, I'm i not going to refute that. I, uh, Biden said in the news just a couple of days ago that Trump's not qualified to run because of his age. Uh, wow. <laughs> All right. I appreciate it. I, I need to, man, I always get the calls at the end. Uh, let's go to Jennifer. Uh, Truth and Liberty partner from New Jersey. Um, I'm going to be up that way. I think I'm <gasps> preaching in New Jersey this year. Uh, so, Jennifer, thanks for calling. What's your question, please? I love Pastor Dwayne. Where are you going to be? I will be there. Uh, if you go to my website, I never Perfect. look at my schedule. It's overwhelming. Okay. Yeah, I'm <laughs> so, sure. But I'm I'm in New Jersey. Oh, I'm pretty sure gosh, this year it'll be, it'll be posted. I'd love to I meet you. So that would be awesome. Wonderful. Um, so I have, it's so exciting when all these like-minded believers are on the same page, like you said, with the um, letter to American church. About a year ago on Flashpoint, Jean Bailey, I guess, wrote with Dutch Sheets a watchman's decree, which they encouraged the watchers wow. um, to download. And that's part of my, after my morning prayer, it's part of my decrees, confession. So people can go to Flashpoint, I think, go victory, write in watchman's decree, and it's printed out so we can speak speak the word aloud, and we can stand together. Got, it's incredible. I've, I've got goosebumps. I don't get those very much. But that excites me because when I wrote Counterculture and about the year before when I was preaching in churches, uh, man, I felt like John the Baptist. I felt like a, a, a lone voice in the wilderness. And I have seen a change. I'm seeing people step up. And I didn't even know that Flashpoint did that. God bless them. We had them right here uh, on Truth and Liberty just a few weeks ago, and we're so proud of them. God is raising up watchmen. So thank you, Jennifer, for the call. Uh, I'll check that out myself. That encourages me. All right, we need to hurry. I'm running out of time. We got Tim, who's a partner from Wisconsin. Tim's called in before. Always a great call. Uh, thanks for calling, Tim. What's your question, please? Hey, Pastor Dwayne, I missed you the last few weeks. My favorite time of yeah, I've, I've been on yeah, I've been on the road. I actually was in a, co a conference with Andrew in California. One of those uh, uh, times I missed, and wow, was it powerful! There's hope for California. There's a movement in I, California. I listened, yeah. I, I listened to that from you and Andrew in California. It was great. Oh wow! Praise God. Well, what's yeah. your question, Tim? Um, I'll try to make it brief. Um, my question is, is there such a thing as a, and you touched on it a little bit, I guess, in a couple of other yes. questions. I'm, I'm wondering, is, is there such a thing as the, like a ministry of a community watchman? Say a person in the church, it's maybe not the pastor. And I know a lot of pastors kind of are that, that but 
is they just watch out for the community. But is there like saying picture like Ab- Christian Durant? Is there someone that's in the church that kind of looks oh, out for the, you know, ab- the influence? Absolutely. What is maybe on the city council and that kind of thing? It, yes. That's kind of their power and their ministry to watch out for the influences coming into the community, not just affecting the church, but the citizens. Absolutely. See, this is what immature Christians, I guess, do not understand. When we're speaking up and we're speaking out, we're not attacking anybody. We're not condemning anybody. We're even protecting the lost. Sin hardens people's hearts and drives them away from God and toward a devil's hell. And so even in speaking out in our community, we're not even condemning lost people. We're, we're trying to protect them from the hardening of sin of the heart and, and, and calling them home. So absolutely. And the way this works is the elders of the church are elders of the city. They're not just elders of the church. They're elders of the city. And the Bible talks about that. Uh, even Jesus, when he wrote to the churches, to the church at Ephesus, he named the city. The church is a city set on a hill. And so absolutely there's a ministry. And I believe, Tim, I've heard you call enough that you, you I think, would be one of those elders, that we need to learn to love our cities. We need to love people. And when we love people, we don't love just Christians. I love lost people, and I hate what Satan's doing to their kids. I don't just, I have a Christian school that this next year we'll have 350 students in a small town. And I love those students. But I love the students that go to the public school, and I watch out for them too. I just make an alternative available if you can, if you can do it. Man, we're running out of time. Alfred, let me take your call quickly from Colorado. Can you ask me quickly, please? What's your question? So my question is, and thank you for letting me speak. Um, how do we, the people, come together and get a petition to get the corrupt people out of government? Yeah, excellent question. Uh, I need you to call Richard Harris. He's one of the hosts. He's our lawyer. He's a brilliant man, godly man, minister of the gospel. And uh, he would know how to do recalls. And uh, we probably are going to have to get involved in that way as well. Well, it disappoints my heart, but I'm out of town. I'm going over now, and that is not good. Thanks for being a part of Truth and Liberty. Man, we love you. God bless you. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.